All right, friends, we're back. Your favorite podcast of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 574. We're recording on June the 21st. Yes, it is officially summer. And uh, if you haven't been feeling it yet, too bad for you. But uh, I just got back from Spain. It was 42 degrees Celsius every day. Hot. Uh, Brianna, how's things uh, in New York City in the Big Apple? Things are good, you know, we are, uh, it hasn't been feeling super hot like you've been experiencing. I think we're kind of like in a breezy couple of days, but um, happy Father's Day to you and all the fathers um, or father figures or single moms doing both jobs out there that celebrated this weekend. Hopefully everybody was able to feel celebrated. Um, and obviously uh, we recognize Juneteenth. Um, you know, I don't want to say like happy Juneteenth, but like you know, we recognize that there's been some progress made and there's a lot to be made. So, um, yeah, like lot, just lots of activities and, um, you know, memories and things happening this weekend. So it's been a busy few days and wrapping up my oldest last week of school. So it will feel like real summer, maybe when that happens, except for the fact that I still have to work. Maybe I should become a teacher. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and I know my my son's got his last week this week as well. So, and my daughter's been off for a while, work working because you know she's university, so she's done. But um, yeah, it's um, it's definitely even here in Toronto, it's like thirty eight degrees today or something. So it's uh, Celsius, so it's it's hot. Um, but uh, yeah, it's feeling summer like. Anyhow, all right. Well, let's jump into our show. We have four stories for you this week, as usual. Um, and uh, I'll let Ariana start us off with kind of a cool one, I think. Yeah, Snap Map. You know, I think we keep seeing this resonating theme that's happening about like these map improvements and integrations and different layers that various providers, whether social or mapping, are, are kind of like weaving in, um, which is really cool from a product narrative and positioning standpoint and how they are starting to incorporate other aspects around like, commerce or um, just being connected to local things. So Snap Map is is another one. So Snap has obviously been working on a lot of the layers that they have with their location, and they continue to, you know, I would say like put an emphasis here and say like how they're going to invest in this and expand in this product mix. And the latest is a restaurant recommendation layering. Um, this is through a partnership with The Infatuation, which I believe is based here in New York. Um, and specifically, this is um, adding in a new layer on the Snap Map, where you can see in some cities they've rolled this out: New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, San Francisco, Austin, Seattle, Philly, Miami, Atlanta, Denver, DC, and London. So you can activate this through the the layer, like on the map, once you are in the map setting, um, and then you can choose the infatuation. So you'll see nearby restaurants. You can see like details, recommendations. You can share the listing with friends, you know, um, save them for later adventures when you're in certain neighborhoods or in that, you know, local area. And then obviously how they want to expand upon this is we've got, let's say they said 250 million Snapchatters out there, you know, using it to find each other using the map interface piece. Um, and there's a lot of money to be made. So all these local businesses, local restaurants, um, there's $323 billion in direct purchasing power from Gen Z alone, which is, you know, primarily the user base here. Um, and then $1.2 trillion in indirect purchasing power 
um, is what one of the representatives uh, from Snapchat said. So this obviously opening the door to more local commerce opportunities and, you know, developing user attraction, kind of making it that more sticky factor. Let me go back to Snapchat rather than Yelp, perhaps, to look for restaurant recommendations, um, see where else is like, you know, I guess exciting and new within my friend group. And they're not just reinventing this in the restaurant area, which is really interesting. We've seen an integration, which I think we talked about not too long ago with, with Ticketmaster. Um, you know, I think that there's a little bit of buzz around the fact that they could be integrating more in the sports arena and the fashion arena. So it'll be interesting to see how they weave this together. But what I really like about this is that they're partnering in order to drive these different layers. They're not reinventing anything. They're not trying to be all things to everybody. They're really focusing on just delivering that content and connecting consumers together based on local features. So they're really great at getting the, the location, um, and having a reason to provide like, you know, for users to provide that location to the Snapchat interface. And so I think it's a really great to that they're continuing to provide different types of value buckets for sharing that location. So I like this. Um, I like, again, that the business model is not about them coming up with this, this themselves, that they're not necessarily like reinventing the wheel or trying to go after a sector that's really not their bread and butter, but they're just incorporating it, weaving it in, giving more and more, um, you know, reason to come back to the same app for various uses. So I like it. Yeah, I, I really like it too. And I think it, it's, um, you know, they've been doing a lot of work, obviously we've highlighted over the last couple of years around, you know, their different layers on these maps uh, that they're providing. And I think it's interesting, you know, sort of building on, their acquisition of place back in 2017 and uh which i think they've since sort of um you know divested out of but uh you know the underlying technologies and things are there from from some of that uh you know that work but uh i think for me it, you know they they highlight specifically in in the uh in the announcement here that they have there's 250 million snapchatters out there they're focusing uh, on the Gen Z user base, which they're saying is a 323 billion direct purchasing group. Um, that's a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, and I think, you know, going after the restaurant space makes sense. You know, we talked recently about some of the, you know, the new things that Yelp was doing uh, and Uber was doing uh, in their apps. But I think, uh, you know, having this layer on, on, on the map uh, with nearby restaurants, I think makes a ton of sense. You know, it's interesting, you rattle off the list of cities and the only non-US city on there was London. I'm like, where's Toronto? Like, why don't we have, my, you know, my, my Toronto on there? I don't get I don't get that. But anyways, um, you know, I, I, I do think it's it's pretty useful and cool. And, um, you know, I, I think the other thing is, is they, you know, they've been really pushing hard, you know, as a lot of the social platforms have around lo local data and location uh, and especially small business. You know, they also have their promote local place uh, program, which lets SMBs buy map-based promotions on the map itself um, in, in, in a self-serve way. And then, you know, those things can be pushed out on, on the map. So, so I think they're, they're really, you know, focusing a lot these days on kind of, you know, the geo uh, location data and kind of surfacing nearby, you know, relevant things to, to their user base and, and then trying to monetize that, which I think makes a ton of sense. So I quite like it. All right, uh, moving on to our second story, staying in the social uh, world and location data and how that all comes together. Twitter uh, has also made an announcement this week that they're opening up what they're calling location a location spotlight module. 
So this is really for if you're not so much for consumers, but if you're a brand, if you're a company uh, that has a presence on Twitter, a business in the US, UK, Canada or Australia, uh, now you can add a location spotlight on your business account. So this is a way to share you know, the location uh, info of your business, your, your business hours, contact information, all of that type of stuff, um, you know, tied into your business account. Uh, so it's a special kind of new, uh, you know, piece of, of data that's now tied to your, your sort of Twitter business profile, if you will, um, that wasn't available there before. To be honest, I'm not like super excited about this because it seems like table stakes, like it should, should have been there all along. But I get that they're, you know, trying to make a push around, um, you know, giving businesses more power of what they can do to promote themselves on Twitter. And Twitter's still, you know, a relevant platform. You know, I use it, you know, still every day. And we were talking this morning, you know, we use Zoom to record these meetings. And, um, you know, I went to go log on to, to do our podcast this morning, as Abriana knows, and Zoom was down globally. And first thing I did was jump on Twitter to see if this was just me having a problem or if this was an actual worldwide problem. And in fact, it was, and it was Twitter that, you know, I went to to find that out. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's an extremely relevant platform. It's very much, you know, I think if you use it, you're using it for business um, uh, or research. So, so I think there's a lot that can be done with it here in terms of your, your professional business profiles as a, uh, on there. Um, and they have a very simple process for if you have a, a personal um, Twitter profile right now to convert that into a business one. Uh, and it can be switched back at any time if, you know, you're not finding, you know, value in that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's good. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, at, at first you're thinking this isn't really groundbreaking. I can't believe this is just now being opened up. But something that kind of resonated with me this past week, we had... Um, my division, the global marketing analytics division at Samsung ads, we had our offsite. And one of the guest speakers that we had come in was Evan Shapiro, who consider, considers himself as a media cartographer. And he talks a lot about the media landscape. And one of the things that I thought was very interesting was, um, you know, his prediction for the near future is really like the media dollars kind of closing down or or not expanding at a at a national or a global level, but more so um, at a very hyper local level, right? So that that location aspect is very important to a lot of the, I would say, like platforms and you know capabilities, whether it's CTV or just digital ad spend or anything else. So being able to have more of that like location aspect into how you can tailor, um, you know, experiences or media or anything. Um, perhaps is, you know, Twitter is actually like ahead of, of what they're doing here. And it doesn't seem like such an afterthought, but, you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I do think it's table stakes, honestly, you know, to be able to have that, that local localized um, module and, and spotlight available for, for businesses, which really leads into our next story, I would say very much in line is Yext, which um, many of us know, we've talked about them over the years a lot. And if you're not familiar with them, they sync critical business information um, to more than 100 million listings, and they push over a billion updates annually across the you know network of where you might find any business listings like Google or Amazon or Apple Maps, Facebook, any others, right? So being able to kind of control your local listings in one spot, that's what Yext offers. 
And now they're partnering with What Three Words, which is another company we have talked significantly about on this podcast. And What Three Words, if you are also not familiar, is the platform that's really kind of changing the way we communicate about locations. And they create three random words in sequence that identify and is assigned to every 10 by 10 foot tile all around the world. Um, so this partnership really is focused on businesses being able to more easily direct their customers to a precise location. You think of typically right now, you know, you put in an address and it's like the center of the parcel or the center of a building. And you don't necessarily know like what's the entrance I go in or where do I go? You know, you think of a, a large block or a concert venue. There's a lot of different entrances maybe you could go into and being able to direct somebody to the right entrance, whether they're VIP or will call or, you know, going into a specific part of a building is really helpful, um, specifically with local listings. So now Yex customers who install the What Three Words app are going to be able to automatically add those What Three Words to each of their location entities and listings and then sync that information with the Yex Publishers Network. Um, so I think this is like actually a really great integration. I know it seems simple, but it's like being able to improve, you know, that navigational experience and be able to find something easily. It really does improve that experience, right? Like you see where something's listed, but being able to actually get into that door very quickly, um, make, I think makes it so much better of an experience. So being able to empower all of Yex brands and all those local listings to be able to tailor that, um, I think it's actually really cool and innovative that they thought of that. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a big fan of what three words for a long, long time now. Um, you know, I think it's uh, as a sort of modern day way to, you know, physically address the world, you know, sort of moving away from, you know, how we, we think about it, it just as a street address with a zip code or a postal code or what have you. Um, because the reality is, is that, you know, there are so many other places we need to get things to that you know, are just a section of a building or a door or, a, you know, something. And I think, you know, having a way to more narrowly address things makes sense. I mean, I can even, even in the context of, you know, um, where I live, like in my neighborhood, most of the, um, the houses in this area are like duplexes or triplexes with, you know, multiple families living in the same building um you know on each on different floors or things like that you know like like renting renting units out and you know being able to say hey you know I'm, I'm delivering it to you know the basement unit or the you know whatever in that property i think you know becomes interesting right now obviously you know they you know they come from a history of you know working with a lot of ngos and you know you know finding ways to deliver you know medicine in, into the jungle or you know things like that um you know where there's just not a building or an address um you know or, or you know empowering drones to get to places you know like that uh as well so so i think there's there's a lot of power in what you can do with this and i think extending this now into the x community of you know uh, helping you know all those you know thousands of businesses that have listings and listings management services, you know, happening through X, uh, and to then, you know, give them that additional ability to, to, you know, fine tune their location, if you will, in terms of their physical whereabouts makes sense in their profile. So I like it. I think it makes sense. It's an easy, you know, uh, implementation from what it looks like or, or add on to the existing service. So I think it makes a ton of sense. 
All right, on to our final story now. So Harris Teeter, uh, which you might know, um, it's a uh, grocery chain um, in, uh, I guess, mostly the southeast. Is that right, Abriana? I, I don't. I don't think they operate. Yeah, in, you know, growing up, we used to we used to go to Harris Teeter a lot. It's funny that was like my mom's choice. She would drive further to go there to get away from Ingalls, um, rightfully so because. Uh, people yeah. in Harris actually wore shoes, but I haven't seen a lot lately, but yes, I would say Southeast for sure. Yeah. I think, I think they're just in the Southeast from what I, from what I recall. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyhow, so uh, grocery chain, if you're not familiar with them, um, and they are piloting, uh, a new technology for 90 days from a company called a three media co and the product is called social shelf. It's an in aisle e-commerce consumer engagement tool that uh, helps shoppers, you know, find relevant, relevant information on smaller and mid-sized brands before they make their purchase decisions. So the, 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 the sort of goal here or the target of, of this technology or this platform is, you know, if, if you're, uh, you know, um, PNG, you know, you can afford to spend a lot of money on end cap displays and, you know, information and video, you know, uh, things to like explain your product and do all of that. But if you're a smaller brand and you're trying to get, you know, awareness at the shelf in terms of kind of what's, you know, what your product is all about and, and how it could, you know, how it could be helpful, um, you know, or beneficial to that consumer, you really don't have, you know, that kind of money to spend. So social shelf is really designed as it's a QR code based uh, solution. So you have these little QR codes on the shelves near where your products are placed and you scan the QR code, uh, the consumer can download an app uh, if they want, they don't need to, um, but uh, they scan the QR code and it comes up with, you know, information about that product. Um, and uh, it could be videos, it could be, you know, uh, visual information, it could be whatever, you know, they've got it set up to do. Um, and uh, it could be an audio file or anything like that. Uh, nutritional information, if it's food, uh, or fact sheets or those kinds of things. And then it also has then the option to then uh, push out a coupon, uh, you know, based on, you know, their interest in that. Um, and the consumer can then receive that coupon. And then as they take the product uh, to the point of sale, they can apply the coupon or the rebate um, directly from there at checkout. So it's, uh, it's kind of like an all in one, you know, scan this thing, learn more about the product, you know, it's supply chain history, it's if it's ethically sourced, whatever, all that kind of stuff, uh, or just more information about, it, you know, the nutritional value of it or whatever the case might be, and and a sort of couponing rebate, you know, sort of all rolled into one and really just focused on small and medium businesses. They're trying to create awareness for their products. So it's called Social Shelf. Uh, as I said, it's from a company called A3 Media Co. And Harris Teeter is testing this at 14 stores uh, over the next 90 days right now, um, primarily in the Southeast. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like we covered a similar story not too long ago. Um, I believe it was on social shelf as well. So I think this is like their second pilot or POC they're rolling out. And, you know, I think there's pros and cons, right? Like consumer experience is a big question mark for me. How, how many shoppers are actually going to engage in this way, shape or form? Um, with these brands. However, from like a brand perspective um, or a specific SKU that might be a smaller business in a very large store like at Harris Teeter or Kroger or something like that, 
I think it's great because, you know, they need to have the opportunity to be in front of and market to the consumers while they're there staring at the shelf. So I think it is empowering to them. It's just, I have a question mark on like, again, how are consumers actually going to engage? What's the rate of, you know, use that, that you're going to get applied? Is it worth, like, is there ROI involved there? Um, but from a, you know, value add standpoint to, you know, just an individual brand that is, you know, again, like a, um, you know, a, a cost per type of a, a positioning. Um, I think that it makes a lot of sense, like in, in order to get in front of people. So we'll see. I want to see like the data from these POCs. I want to hear more on how many shoppers like that are in a store. What's the percentage of people that are actually scanning these types of things um, and engaging with them in that moment. So. Yep, I agree. I think having some data would be, you know, very useful on this type of stuff. We know QR codes are, are popular, right? We've talked about it, you know, the resurgence of that, COVID driving that, uh, and so on. So, you know, I can see, you know, sort of capitalizing on on that, uh, you know, sort of awareness and people's familiarity with that as a sort of engagement point in technology, but seeing what the numbers look like on these kinds of things, how many redemptions you know, those kinds of things could be super interesting as well. So it may be one to watch for sure. Um, all right. Well, that's our show for this week. Four stories there. We're going to be back next week with another show. Um, if you have story ideas, please reach out to us. I do want a little heads up. We do have in next week's show a special guest. One of our new members is coming on to talk about uh, what they do and some things that are coming up for them. But um yeah, lots going on in uh, in the uh, LBMA community. So uh, thank you so much for listening and watching, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.